Alright, so we're in Ephesians chapter 5, and notice in verse 1 it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger nor unclean person hath, um, no, uh, or covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And in this passage here, we would all agree that nothing here changes. This applies to us, right? God doesn't want fornicators among us. God doesn't want us being idolaters. God doesn't want us being unclean persons. We would all agree, everyone would agree, even a trendy would agree, that this is a timeless passage here. These things are, in fact, unacceptable. And he goes on and he talks about a lot of sins, things they need to uh, keep away from them, because keeping sin out of our life is very important. Thank God we got saved and we don't have to worry about the eternal punishment of sin, but it doesn't mean we just don't worry about sin anymore. If you, we have sin in our lives, it's going to destroy our lives. We're going to be unaffected for the cause of Christ. We're going to be unhappy. We're going to have problems on this earth. And it is okay for us in verse 10 to prove, it says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then jump down to verse 15. We see another uh, passage that's really important. And notice it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So after he gives all these instructions about things you're not supposed to do, things you don't want to be once named among you, he tells them that you be very careful to redeem the time because the days are evil. In other words, you are living in an evil day in a dangerous time where doing the right thing is going to be difficult. And we need to understand that sin is sin, whether we are in good days or bad days, whether you live in an evil country or a godly country, sin is bad. Now, obviously, you know, fornication, fornication, um, adultery, things like that might be more common um, in other countries that are, you know, more uh, godless. But, you know, it's just as bad as when it's in a country that is more godly. Fornication is bad no matter what. And no matter no matter what way you spin it. God's rule does rules don't change from one culture, from one time era to others. So in this passage, he's given a clear, very clear warning to avoid certain behavior that was common back then. The things that he's naming are things that were common in that day, in their culture, things that these people used to deal with. And so Paul tells him in verse 15 not to walk as fools, but as wise. In other words, you're in a dangerous situation, so don't act like a fool, like everything's okay. You know, you don't go just walking through a dangerous, in a dangerous area on some bridge that does, you know, that's being uh, built and doesn't have all its walls and everything yet. You're just walking around on there like everything's fine. And, you know, you've got hundreds of feet below you. You could fall and die, and you're just, everything's great. Hey, you know, I, I get your intentions are great. You don't intend to fall, but you're in a situation where you easily could fall. So you better not walk like a fool. You better have some wisdom and you better watch your step. And we need to understand you might have the greatest, you know, heart. You know, you intend to do right, 
But you know what we need to figure out in our country? We've got to figure this out as American Christians today. That is, our country is evil. Our days are evil. And we can't just get through this life careless and things turn out good. We've got a lot of things working against us today. And so it's very important that we have wisdom in how we walk so we can avoid certain sins that are very, very common in our world today so we can understand what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will for me in this situation? Not what does our world do in this situation, but what is God's will? So as our nation becomes more and more wicked, we have got to understand that it's going to make it more likely that we will deal with the consequences of certain sins. Do you know you're more likely to get murdered in a country where they don't execute murders? You know, you're more likely to get raped in a country where, where they let rapists back out of jail? Where they don't put them to death? You're more likely to suffer because of somebody else's sin. That And that's it. And you know what? I don't care how innocent you are. You suffer something like that. It's going to hurt you. It's going to, it's going to make things difficult in your life. It's a tough thing to overcome. Thank God you can't overcome it. But it's tough. You know those Old Testament laws that everybody hates? They would protect us from so many problems if our country would practice them. But here's the thing. They don't. Our country does not practice these things. So here's what we've got to say is what does that mean for us? And I think we take this for granted as Americans because America used to be very moral and follow a lot of God's laws. And so we just got this, you know, we had this attitude that we're safe because we used to have a, you know, more godly uh, government, legal system, all that kind of stuff. But we've, we've lost almost all of it. You know, we've got very little remnants even left. And so we've just got to understand that the, our country doesn't have our back. Our country is not going to protect us from a lot of the evil that is out there today. So that means we have to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. And so according to the law of God, I should be able to walk down the streets of Chicago at night in a dark alley and nothing should happen to me. If those people obeyed the law, I would be completely safe, wouldn't I? But those people don't obey the law. Crimes like, you know, is nuts over there. So I should have wisdom to avoid putting myself in that situation. Now, there might be a situation where you have to walk down the streets in Chicago at night. But, you know, at the same time, we ought to do what we have to to avoid it. And if I just do it because, you know what, I'm an American, we got freedom, we got laws, people ought to follow these things. I'm going to go walk down that street at night and I'm going to flash gang signs. It's not illegal and it is illegal to beat me up. And I'm just going to go do some of that stuff. And then if I get beat up, you know what? Yeah, they broke the law. I should have been able to do that. But guess what? I'm the one that got beat up. And I probably shouldn't feel sorry for myself, should I? Because I walked as a fool. I probably shouldn't act like a victim. You know, you should be able to send your kids to the public school and your kids be safe. But it isn't safe right now because the days are evil. You ought to be able to go there and not get indoctrinated with some of the junk that they're teaching with this critical race theory, the you know, perverted sex education. Thing. You ought to be able to send them there and then get educated and be safe. But guess what? That's not the case today. Our country is not doing that. My daughter should be able to go wherever she wants and be safe. But you know what? She can't just go anywhere she wants because it's not safe everywhere. Because the days are evil. So when we understand that we live in a wicked world that's dangerous, we can do one of two things. We can either stubbornly continue doing whatever we think we should be able to do 
and take a chance at suffering at the hands of evil people, or we can adjust our ways and our steps to avoid being harmed by evil people. Okay, Now, no matter what you do, there's no way to avoid all evil in this world. There's, there's no way. Okay, In fact, you know, we should regularly be praying for God to deliver us from evil. That should be a prayer that we regularly pray. But at the same time, you know, we can't avoid all evil, but we shouldn't set ourselves up for it either. Okay? Understand, sometimes bad things happen to completely innocent people. That's just how bad our world is. So, I, you know, I don't want you to think anything I'm talking about tonight that's a sin that somebody has suffered because of some other evil person. I don't want you to think I'm picking on these people. I'm not. You know what I want you to do? I want you to recognize that our days are evil. And, and good people often suffer because of evil people. And our country does not have our back. So having said that, what we need to do is we need to figure out, all right, what are we going to do? We don't live in the America of the 1800s or the early 1900s. That's not the country we live in anymore. What are we going to do to protect, our, protect ourselves? And what I want to specifically talk about tonight is marriage in these evil days. Now, this is important you know, if you're married, but especially for those who are wanting to get married. This is very, something very important that you need to understand and take into consideration. And that is we need to recognize the reality of the dangers of marriage in our wicked country. Did you know that if you get married, you're setting yourself up to suffer evil in this country? You know why? Because in this country, your wife can divorce you for pretty much any reason and probably get half of everything your own and maybe even custody of the kids. You know what? That's pretty sad. I, I know situations where you know women uh, left their husbands who did not have it coming and destroyed the husband financially, you know, they're, I mean, just wrecked the family, and there was literally nothing except the wife just got sick of her husband. You know what? That shouldn't be able to happen, folks. That should not be able to happen. You know, today, in this country, a wife, your spouse, a husband too, could go, they could go cheat on you, they, and they could put you in a situation where you could either just live with the fact that they cheated on you, or you can put them away, and then set yourself up to become an adulterer for the remarriage. You know what? It shouldn't be that way. That's not how it should be. You know, in the Old Testament, they had a way to deal with that stuff. They had a way of dealing with adulterers. But, you know, we don't have the stomach for that today. So the thing is, here's what people often do, is they say, well, you know, my spouse cheated. They did that. And, you know, a righteous government would have put them to death. So, therefore, I'm free to remarry. Actually, God's rules don't change because we got a perverted government. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to recognize the fact that our government doesn't do what it should do. So you know what? You better be even more careful about who you marry. You know, back in the day, you didn't have to worry about it as much. Because your wife gets out of line. She knew. The government had your back if she, you know, if she rebelled against you or if she cheated on you. You know, they'd take, they'd take care of them back then. You know, there was a time... When that kind of thing happened, but that's not the case today. And so in Jeremiah 3, 1, it says, they say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? And shall not that land be greatly polluted? 
But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. It is a messed up thing when a like like a spouse leaves the other one, they marry somebody else, and then they go back to that spouse again. That shouldn't happen. We do see in the Bible where if there is a divorce, that you know it's God's will that they remain unmarried. Why? Because there's a hope of reconciliation. But if that one of those spouses goes and marries somebody else, they're not supposed to get married again, according to God, uh, God's word. That is not God's will. So then we often ask, well, what, you know, what about the other guy? You know, because our government's you know, not taking care of these things. You know, what do we do? And what, here's what's happening today. Everyone's updating the rules to go along with our perverted government. That's not how that works. You know, Matthew 5.31 is pretty clear. It has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. So God has not changed the rules about marriage and divorce. And I'm not going to take the time to do a debunking of what people call biblical divorce tonight. I'm not going to do that. But what I want to do is I want to recognize the problems we have going on in this country and when, and when it comes to this subject, and that is we live in a country that does not protect good people with its laws. And let me tell you something. My heart breaks for those whose marriages, you know, when they do, when they have that spouse that just dumps them, that leaves them. And let me tell you, I do not believe, and if you've been divorced and remarried, nobody's against you in this church. Nobody's picking on you. Nobody's going to, nobody wants to beat you up. Nobody thinks negatively of you. I mean, thank God that for forgiveness, thank God for the blood of Christ, that even these things like that, that kind of defile us, the blood of Christ overcomes that. God can still save you. God can still use you. You can still be a good, productive Christian. You can still be a member of this church. You know, uh, you know, nobody's down on you for that. But here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to start downplaying things like divorce. We don't want to start acting like it's all okay and that God's okay with it because a holy God is never okay with it. A holy God is never okay with sin. He's not. And so here, what we have going on today is people have this attitude, well, you know, we've got to make some adjustments and we've got to just okay some things that God's not for simply because of the fact that our country is so is so perverted. Okay? And that's not what we need to do. I do believe because we live in evil days and we live in a perverted country that we need more mercy than ever for those who have been hurt by the bad laws of our country. For those who have had just dirtbag spouses who have left them and went with somebody else you better believe we're going to be merciful and we're going to be kind to those who've suffered in, in that situation and we're going to be loving towards them, but we're not going to act like it's not a sad thing either. We're not going to act like, you know, you know, divorce, you know, is okay in some way. That's not, that's not what we're doing because when you do, when you, if you leave your spouse, what you're doing, you're causing them to commit adultery. That stinks. And you know what? It's still adultery, isn't it? It's still adultery, but you're causing them to do that. And so the thing is, what, I, what I'm trying to say to everyone today is, we need to understand, because our laws aren't backing us up, it is very likely, it's much more likely, that you could marry somebody 
that is not going to do right and cause you to commit a sin that's going to have consequences. Okay? And it does mean God's not going to forgive you. You can't be a good person. But you know what it does mean? It means we need to be careful today. We can't be careless when it comes to this thing of marriage and when it comes to just our marriage in general. We've got to understand, you know, Christians today, they're, they're trying to adjust God's rules to make it fit with our perverted country. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And, you know, none of this stuff, you know, is, you know, this, the, the, when I'm, when preaching on marriage and divorce, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, it's not my favorite thing to preach on because there's people out there, you know, I see who they're married to. I see what they're going through in their marriage. And it's like, I wish they could put them away because it's like, I'd, I'd want to put them away, put myself away. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, what a nightmare. You know, what a nightmare that that is. You know, what a horrible, horrible thing for some husband to be cheating on his wife and then for her to just, you know, and, and I don't, listen, if your husband's cheating on you and putting you in a dangerous situation, I don't think you have to live with that guy. I mean, honestly, if you did dump that guy, divorce him or whatever, so you can have custody of the kids and protect him you know, from that man, I don't think you're a terrible person for that. But here's the thing. Does God want you to remarry why he's still alive? And I, I personally, you know, while I, I'm not going to beat that person up that does, you know, I do believe that it is something that is just kind of a, you know, a shame. It's something that's bad and it's something that you shouldn't even have to deal with. And, you know, my heart breaks for people in those situations. But, you know, I'm here today, today, not to necessarily tell people what to do that are in these tough situations, but it's to try to warn people who aren't married or even those of you who are married that you better walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, because these days are evil and you could easily find yourself in a situation. Do you not think for five seconds, my wife could so easily right now just dump me and probably get everything with all there's out there about me on YouTube all she has to do is say, my husband made me be homophobic. You know, my husband made me wear skirts. You know, my husband made me have eight kids. And let me tell you, my wife's in agreement with me on all this stuff. She's wanted all these kids. But guess what? All those people in the court system are going to believe her. And I'm going to get, you know, she's going to get the kids. I'm going to be paying her alimony and child support. I will be ruined financially. My wife can do that to me. So what do, you, what do we do? Well, you know, if we had a good government, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But the thing is, we don't. So you know what? I have to treat her good. <laughs> but isn't that okay? You know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. You know, these bad laws can actually set us up for a better marriage. And, and, and if we are godly people, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, you know, we, we've got our, you know, our, our laws are twisted. You know, and we, but we can't go twisting God's laws and changing God's word and telling people stuff's God's will. You know, we, we can't do that. So, um, first thing we need to understand when it comes to marriage in these evil days is you need to make sure that, well, let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians 7, 10. I keep, I keep getting ahead of myself here, but no, notice what Paul says in verse 10. It says, and under the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. That's what the will of the Lord is. You're, if you're married today, it is God's will for you to stay married. End of story. 
But and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother ask a wife that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the one which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But and if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. It's God's will, even if your spouse is lost, for you to stay married. But at the same time, if they leave you, you know, it's you don't have to chase them down, hunt them down. You know, you you can let it happen. You know, and, and there's sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. But at the same time, what is God's will for me now? And I do believe, you know, that it's you know what God's best is in that situation is the remaining unmarried. I said if you don't, it's it's one of those things like Jesus said, you know, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. And you know, if you do, if you get treated bad, if you're hurt in that situation, people are going to be forgiving. Nobody's going to beat you up for it. But again, we don't want to change God's law. We can't do that. So here's what we've got to understand. We're, as Christians, we love God. We serve God. We know He does not want divorce or remarriage being a part of our life. So what do we do? All right. So what do we do as Christians? Well, first, or as single people, and that is don't get married just to get married. Okay. You, and all these rules are timeless, but I think they're even more important in the day that we're living in today. You need, y'all understand that when you get married to somebody, in the eyes of God, it's a life sentence. And, you know, maybe that's a bad way to put it. And I think it feels like a life sentence with some people. But what you do, when you go make that marriage commitment, God expects you to do it to stay married till death do you part. That, that, that's God's will. So, don't you think you ought to take that serious? Because, and here's what everybody does. Well, what if? That's why you need to take it serious. Because what if they cheat on you? Well, there was a time, well, if they cheat on me, we go stone them. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. Death has parted us. Free to remarry. But you know what? We don't have that today. So, that's, so the thing is, that's where we walk circumspectly. That's where we say, hey, well, what if this happens? Am I willing, you know, do I trust this person that much? Am I willing to put myself in a situation where this person could leave me high and dry and I'm just kind of stuck? You know, I, that's, that's hard. But at the same time, if we were real serious about obeying God in this area, I think we would probably be really careful. And you know, too many people today, and again, these aren't bad people, but I'm afraid they went into marriage just not taking it serious enough, and they did. They married somebody they didn't know very well. They married somebody probably too quick, and then they ended up getting burned later. You better take this stuff serious when it comes to marriage. You are stuck with that person in the eyes of God for the rest of your life. I don't care what our government says. Our government you know, doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter in this. You need to understand, it's till death do your part. Look what it says in, in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 7. 
says, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for this present distress. Okay, now the MGTOWs love this passage here to say you shouldn't get married today. Well, here, here's where they're right and they're wrong. Okay, first off, Paul isn't making a general statement that is for every situation in every time and every culture. He said for this present distress. He's saying that, it, I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. And if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. So he's basically telling you, hey, in this mess that we're in right now, in this situation we're in right now, I think it's best if you just don't get married. Okay? Now, I will say, if I may give my judgment like Paul gave his judgment, I don't think it's that bad in this country where you just shouldn't get married. Okay? You know, those of you that are single, I think you ought to look for a spouse. But, because our days are evil and our government's evil, you better make sure they're a good Christian. You better make sure that there's somebody you can trust and there's somebody that you can count on. You, bet, you better make sure of that because bad things can happen to you. Bad things can happen to you in this country and you're not protected by our laws and you're gonna end up, you, you could potentially end up finding yourself in a difficult situation. But at the same time, you know, that could change. 10 years from now, where it's just so bad. But, at the, but at the, either way you look at this, this principle here of, hey, it's probably not a good idea to get married during this time. Well, what I get from that is, you know, don't go, see, it's not God's will or it's not, you're not sinning if you don't get married. But you are sinning if you get married and you get divorced and then especially if, if you get remarried. So the thing is, if you're really serious about not sinning in this area, you better just be really, really careful. You better watch out who you marry. You better uh, do everything you can to make sure that it's God's will. You better do a little extra prayer. You better seek some counsel. You better do everything you can because this is this is a dangerous time. And you know what? It's even more dangerous in this country because let's just say, you know, all right, so for the guys, women today, you know, in general, in America aren't very good. <laughs> okay, feminism is just ruin women in this country. Women today, uh, and I'm speak I'm not talking about you ladies here in this church, okay? I'm talking about American women. Okay? They're very promiscuous. Okay? Women in this country today, and I hate to say this, but it's just true, feel like they can dress like the models in the magazines when they don't look like the models in the magazines. And you're a terrible husband if you don't let them dress like that. And I just wonder sometimes, these guys, are they not completely embarrassed? I mean, good night. But, you know, we all know what's out there, folks. Let me tell you, the choices are not good. Okay? Thank God for those, you know, diamonds in the rough and those, you know, uh, roses or lilies among the rose among the thorns, lily among the thorns. What is it? Uh, you know, you know. Thank God for those ones that are out there. And you know, but that's why the Bible says, "He that findeth the wife findeth the good thing and obtaineth the favor of the Lord." You know, they're hard. They're hard to find. You know, who can find 
a virtuous woman. So I don't think this is necessarily a new problem, but I'm telling you, the women in our culture, they, they've got some real problems. And, and you know what? Let's talk about the men too. Okay? Let's talk about the dough, you know, dough boy, soy boy, just effeminate, just video gamer types, can't work a job. They couldn't protect you. You know, and that's the thing, our women are getting so tough and manly and our guys are getting so weak. You know, pretty soon, most of your domestic abuse situation is going to be the women beating up the men. Pretty soon, you know, it, it's only it's only a matter of time. And, you know, guys, men, the men, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go from feminism to masculinism because men are going to be the oppressed one because the women took over and dominated them. I mean, we're heading for that. And it, it's disgusting. The things that we see, we, we, we looked at some of it today. That just, ah. you know, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I know situations too. I mean, I, I know of situations today where there are women married to a guy, I mean, who cheated on them with a dude. I mean, folks, that woman shouldn't even have to think about marriage and divorce, remarriage or anything like that. Death should part them. But we have a messed up country that does not protect them. And so you just need to understand, folks, this is the country we live in. The choices stink. And so don't just go find some woman out there just, you know, just to get a wife. Because she's probably going to have a lot of these issues. You better make sure it's somebody that loves the Lord, somebody that's following the Lord. You better, you better watch for, you know, look for those women. And just do your due diligence to make sure that that's what it is, you know, that they are that. Because divorce and remarriage will still be adultery no matter what they do. So, don't get married just to get married. But then also, you know, of course, be extremely cautious about who you marry. First, it's okay to be picky. I heard a thing, I've heard a thing several times that I was talking about on the radio one day. That, you know, one of the problems that they're having in the transgender community is they're having a tough time finding people to date. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, we're not completely gone then. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the same time, I mean, they were, they were like encouraging people to date transgenders. You need to try it out. And I'm thinking, listen, even in our politically correct world, it's like, oh, I'm all for LGBT. I'm all for transgender. But it's funny how nobody wants to date them. You know why? Because at the end of the day, while everybody tries to be politically correct, nobody wants to date them. Nobody's, nobody's that politically correct. You know, they're only going to be able to get other perverts. That's all, that's all they're going to be, that's all they're going to be able to get. But they're like encouraging people to, to do this. And you know, it's okay to be picky. And let me tell you, you know, guys, it's okay to only want a woman that's always been a woman. You know, same thing for girls. Want a man that's always been a man. And you know, it's okay to want a woman that looks like a woman. And to want, or if you're a girl, to want a man that looks like a man and acts like a man. That's okay for you. If some guy comes along and he wants to ask you out on a date and he talks with a lisp and talks like a little queer, it's okay for you to look at him and say, no. And then why, why, why didn't you date that guy? He talks like a homo. You know, you can't be that picky. We're talking about a spouse. It's okay to be picky. 
I recommend you be picky because you're going to be stuck with them for life. And so make sure you're careful. It says in 1 Kings 11.1, 1, but King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said to the children of Israel, you should not go in unto them. Neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. Now, understand, in the Old Testament, they were specifically commanded not to intermarry with different races and things. Now, we don't have that command in the New Testament, but at the same time, we do, uh, you know, we shouldn't uh, marry unbelievers, but at the same time, okay, at the same time, Culture does matter in marriage. It does matter. You know, just because interracial marriage is not unbiblical and it's okay, it doesn't necessarily mean just any two cultures can get married. You know, there's some cultures that clash with each other. And so you need to make sure that if you're thinking about that person, hey, you know, what's their background? You know, what, you know, what's their life like? You know, you need to, you need to figure those things out because just because legally, according to the Bible, you can get married, doesn't mean you should marry them. You need to make sure you're actually compatible with them. And let me tell you something. I, if I, I don't want to be culturally insensitive right now. I don't think what I'm about to say can get me accused of being racist. But you know what? You better watch out for those American women. You better watch out for them. They're a dangerous breed. They got a lot of problems. They got a lot of issues. And you know what? Thank God for the American women that are also Christians and are godly and they have taken on more of their Christian culture than they have their American culture and can actually be good wives. And so again, too, if you want to marry a woman from an Italian culture or something like that, you better hope she's got a lot more of her Christian culture in her than her Italian culture or, you know, or any one that we're talking about. And you know, and I know my kids too. I know, I know, I know my boys. I know how they are, and I know there's certain types of women, you know, certain cultures that it's not going to work with our family. Okay, I know McMurtrys. There's some things that McMurtrys can't do. Like one thing, McMurtrys just fail at. Where we, it's just in our blood, we are failures when it comes to taking care of animals. We have no business having animals. It should be illegal. Right? Okay? And I'm I'm working on getting a law declared. Making it illegal. That way, my wife can't talk this into getting another stinking cat. All right, because I am. But it, but but either way, you know, I know my family, and if I was to go, you know, as a dad and steer my boys away from a girl because of her culture, it's not because I'm a racist. It's because I know my boys; they're not going to be compatible with that. You know, that girl. Well, what if she's saved? Okay, I'm glad she's saved, but I'm still seeing a lot of that, you know, American culture. In her, you know, she's still got all this feminism or whatever in her, and you, it's it, she's not they're not compatible, and so you need to make sure you're careful about these things. We should always be cautious, but especially when the government's not going to protect us. And you know, Solomon, you know, he he had a way out of his situation, but you know what? He didn't follow God's law. You know what Solomon's way? I mean, obviously he was the king, but Deuteronomy thirteen six says. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, the son of thy daughter, the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely the gods of the, of the people, 
which are round about you nigh unto thee and far off from thee, from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shalt thou nigh pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of thy people. And thou shalt stone him with stones that he die, because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So it was illegal for Solomon's wives to do what they did to him. But he let it happen. Okay? Now, said so our country, we don't have those laws protecting us. You know, and so we can get in trouble that much easier than Solomon. So again, I just say all this to say, be careful about who you marry. Be cautious. Be picky. Okay? It, it, it's okay to do that. Oh, I might not ever get married. Well, it's, you're not sinning if you don't get married. You know, you're, you're not sinning if you if you remain unmarried. But if you do get married to somebody, you know, let me tell you, it could, you know, marriage could be one of the most miserable things in the world. It could be one of the greatest things in the world too. But either way, you you want to get this thing right. And so the other thing you need to do after you get married, and this applies to everybody in here, make sure you keep God central in your marriage. First Peter 3, 5 says, For after this manner in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Notice how their uh, their uh, subjection that they had, their subjection, it was something that they did because they trusted in God. It said that those holy women who trusted in God. You know why Sarah was a good wife? Because she trusted in God. That made her be a good wife. And you know what will make you be a good husband and what will make you be a good wife? Is if you trust in God. If you stay close to God, you're going to have a good marriage. You get away from God, your marriage is going to fall apart. And so understand, you can marry somebody that's completely compatible. I mean, it was God's will. Everything was right. You get married, but you get away from God, it can all fall apart. And you don't, and you don't ever want to forget the fact that your marriage could always fall apart at any time. I mean, just get backslidden for a little while. I mean, one major sin, one time committing adultery, it could destroy trust. It could just ruin things and, and you might not ever recover from it. So you know what you better do when you're married? You need to understand, since I'm married today, I'm in a situation now where I can commit a very major sin. So you know what I better do? I better stay close to God. I better make sure we keep God a central part of our marriage and a central part of our home. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a tough situation. And again, we, we you know, we, because we live in evil days, there are there are many people out there who they did everything right. And you know what? They still got hurt. They still got hurt. And, and, and I hate that. It is. It's tragic. You know, no matter how careful you are, you can be doing God's will. You can be, you know, you can be out soul winning and, I mean, doing the Lord's work and you be a lady and some terrible thing happened to you. Okay? No, don't ever get this attitude that because something bad happened, because somebody's marriage fell apart, because somebody got divorced, well, they must have done something wrong. No, somebody might have done something wrong to them. And not only that, not, and, and the somebody that did something wrong to them, many times it was our government's fault. 
We see this often where people get killed and then they find out it was somebody who already should have been in prison or put to death that did it. And we're seeing that today where you got somebody there in a situation, you know, they're alone, they want to get remarried or whatever, and and you know, and it's like, oh, are they committing adultery? Well, probably, but you know what? Yeah, we don't want to change the rules, but at the same time, isn't that is horrible what their spouse did to them? And you know what? We can be merciful to them. We can be understanding in that situation. We can ask ourselves, what if it was me? We can ask ourselves, what if it was my kid? I mean, you know, you know, what would I do? If, you know, if, if it was my son, if my son, if, if my son got married and then his wife just dumped him, just because he didn't do anything, he was providing for, he was taking care of her, and she just dumped him. You know, would I want him to be a eunuch for the rest of his life? And and the thing is, I don't want to get up here and say it wouldn't be a sin, it wouldn't be adultery. I'm not going to change God's rules, but you know what? Shame on that person for doing that to him. Shame on our government for having laws that puts people in that situation. Shame, shame on them. You know, we, it, but at the same time, that's what I'm going to tell my boys. And I tell my boys, you be careful about this. You be careful about this because our government doesn't have your back. It's not going to protect you from a situation. You are likely to be a victim. Of, a, of, a, of something horrible because of that. And so we just got to make sure that we stay close to God. We cannot expect to backslide and have everything go great. So the last thing quickly I, I want to talk about that we need to make sure we do in your marriage is always work on having a marriage that does not need the law. Okay? Let me say that again. Always work on marriage, having a marriage that does not need the law. You know what? It's scary. It's dangerous. It's perverted that the gov- our government does not have our back when it comes to this stuff. But you know what? I shouldn't need the government as a backup. I, I shouldn't need that. I, and I, I need to work to make sure we don't need that. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.8, But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be anything that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So notice how he said that the law, it's not made for a righteous man. It's made for bad people. You know why we have to have laws? Or you know why God had to give laws about adultery? Because of wicked adulterers. You know what? I shouldn't need that law. I shouldn't need the threat of stoning to stop me from committing adultery. And, and you know, and here's the thing about this. Okay? The fact that we don't have these things, you know, threatening us, it should enable us to have a good marriage where, hey, my spouse must want to be with me. Because... They could leave me if they wanted to. You know, my spouse could cheat on me and nothing's going to happen to them by our government. But yet they're not doing it. I mean, when you stop and think about it, that actually makes me feel pretty good. You know, that even though my wife could, my wife, if she wanted to, she not only could she divorce me and do all that stuff I talked about, 
But boy, she could take her YouTube channel to a whole other level, talking about being married to a hate preacher and, you know, all the victim stuff that she went through. I mean, she would have so many people love her. And the thing is, she would, I mean, she'd probably make all kinds of money, you know, through a YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff while I'm paying her all kinds of alimony and child support too. She'd be loaded and I'd be broke. I probably shouldn't say these things out loud. She might get tempted one of these days and, and think she could, but you know what? I don't think she's going to. Now, I, I'm not worried about that. We've married 20 years and she hasn't figured it out yet. If she hasn't figured it out yet, she's probably not going to. But, 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 but either way, if you need the law to protect your marriage and keep your marriage together, you don't have a very good marriage. And you know what? That's too bad. You shouldn't need the law to help your marriage. As Christians, we should not need the government to help us be good. You know, and, and thank God that we have police because there's a bunch of low lives out there. What do you all think would happen if all of a sudden they just said no police? All right, well, first thing, you know, we'd all be, you know, we'd all be packing church and, you know, but it'd get bad, wouldn't it? You know what? I'm thankful we have police to go deal with the low lives, you know, to deal with all the domestic issues and things. But you know what? You ought to have a desire to never have to call the police. You ought, to, you ought to live a life where you don't need these people. Thank God for judges whenever there's a situation where we need a judge. But you know what? You ought to live your life where you don't ever need a judge. That needs, to, that needs to be our goal. We need to try to live that life. And so if you ever find yourself standing before a judge, letting him or her decide your fate, you know what? You need to be ashamed at that moment and at least admit you're in a dark place. But you got people today in America today, oh, you know, we're, yeah, we're getting divorced. You know, we mutually agree. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, it happens. You know what? That's, that's sad. Two people who made a vow to stay together are going before a judge and a judge is going to tell you who's going to get the kids, who's going to get what. A judge is telling you what to do. You know what? I don't like the government telling me what to do. You think I want the government telling me when I can have my kids? I, I can't imagine the government telling me when I can have my kids. I can't imagine the government telling me what I had to do with my money. But you know what? If I lose control of this thing, I could end up in that situation. That's the way our country works. So you know what? I'm going to walk circumspectly. I'm going to recognize the situation that we're in. Our government doesn't have our my back. If my marriage falls apart, I'm going to get treated so bad by our government. You know, and so I'm going to be careful and I'm going to make sure I'm a good husband. I'm going to make sure I've got a good marriage. And so you know, thank God anytime we have laws to protect us, you know, that are there, you could say for a safety net, just in case something bad happens. So, you know, um, my marriage should not need the law of stoning for adulterers. Okay. But at the same time, it'd be nice to know it was there just in case my wife ever got out of line, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's nice to have that safety net, but I, I want to illustrate this way when it comes to marriage, right? So picture, if you would, a walking bridge that goes over a deep canyon, okay? On that bridge, you've got guardrails and underneath is a safety net, okay? And that safety net or that bridge, it represents your marriage. The guardrails, that represents things that you put up in your marriage so you can be safe and keep from falling over the edge. Because, you know, you don't want to just walk across some narrow bridge like a fool with, you know, no sides, nothing to protect you, because uh, you can fall off at any time. 
It's okay. And we need to understand, we don't want to go through our marriage reckless. We need to understand, we better have some guardrails. We better have some rules in, in, our, in our marriage to make sure we don't ever fall off the edge. But the thing is, if we do, it'd be nice if there's that safety net there and, you know, of the government to protect us in case one falls off. But you know what? The safety net's not there, folks. That safety net is not there. We have no safety net under our bridge. So we've just got to make sure we've got the guardrails. We have to work on those things. That's where we're at today. When it comes to marriage, our government does not have our back. So we're on our own in this thing. You know the only thing that we've got to keep us in line with these things is just our love for the Lord. That's, that's all we got. No, nobody's making you. Nobody's making you do the right thing in this area. It's only submission to God that will keep your marriage together like it needs to be. So it's important that we understand the dangers that we're facing while living in a lawless country that does not follow God's laws. God's rules are still there and we don't get to make up excuses because of our government. We don't get to do evil because our government does evil. It's, it's still the same thing. We need to understand what we are getting ourselves into and just do whatever we can to make it right, do it right the first time. And I say that to those of you that aren't married. And, you, and, and if you've had mistakes or things in the past, I mean, good night. You know, God is forgiving. You know, this isn't the Old Testament. Okay? It's still a sin, but at the same time, the blood of Christ can cleanse you. You can still go on. You can still do things for God. You can still be a great Christian. Thank, you know, thank God for that move forward. But you know what? Don't let it happen again. You know, learn from those mistakes and say, you know, at this time, we're going to get these things right. You know, last time I went into marriage as a fool, you know, and I didn't walk circumspectly and I, and I got burned because I didn't take into consideration how wicked our country is and how wicked our laws are. But now I get it. You know what? I hate to say it, but that's where we are in this country. It's not doing things right. So you know what? The only thing I got making me do right is me. That's it. My love for the Lord. And then get it right. Take these things serious. It's devastating what has happened to good people in this country. They did not deserve it. And I hate it, man. When I see that, every time I hear stories about people whose spouse just slept for no reason, it just breaks my heart. Because they're in a terrible situation that they should never have been in. They, they do not deserve that. And it is. It's cruel. It's cruel the way our government is in these situations. It's cruel that they don't take care of these things. It is cruel that a man can be abusive to his wife and us not be able to take care of that dude. It's a shame that that's where we're at today. But... We've just got to recognize, be careful out there, folks. It is dangerous. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that everybody got the spirit of this message, Lord. I pray we won't get a puffed up attitude if we, you know, if we have been blessed to do things right, that we will be merciful to those who uh, maybe have made mistakes or even those who have just been done wrong. But God, dear God, I pray, Lord, that you'll just use this message as a wake-up call to all of us that we are in evil days, that we are in a nation that is not does not have our back, is not doing things right. And so, Lord, I pray that we'll just uh, 
Understanding that, it will cause us to just be closer to you in our lives and that we'll work even harder on having good marriages. And Lord, I believe you can use it to help us have even better marriages. But uh, Lord, just help us take these things serious. In your name we pray. Amen.